Welcome, you are listening to Ladies Who Genre, a podcast book club for ladies and not ladies who like to genre now and then. I'm your host, Morgan. And I'm your other host, Noelle. This is not a spoiler-free podcast, so if you've not read this episode's book and are sensitive to spoilers, please do pause the podcast now and come back after you've had a chance to read it. This week, we're going to be discussing Blood of Elves, the first book of the Wisher Saga. (laughs) What? Why do you laugh? Because it's not the first book. But it's the first of the Witcher Saga. I even said Witcher Saga. You did. You did. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Get me. Come get me. (laughs) Okay. This week, we're going to be discussing Blood of Elves, first of the Witcher Saga by Andrzej Sapkowski. My apologies, dear sir. I have no idea how to say that name either. Every time I look at it, I'm like, what? Ooh, Polish. Speaking of Polish... If that wasn't enough of a hint with that name, this was originally published in Polish and was not translated to English until I think like the the early 2000s. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. For those of you that have maybe read or not read the book, The Witcher Saga, or the term Witcher, might sound familiar because there was recently a show with the same name, The Witcher. Also, the video game, my husband is currently playing Witcher 3, which is like the 2000... 16 or something game of the year like it was it was really a big deal that game actually yeah i played witcher 3 or at least a very large amount of i don't know if i so often start a game but don't necessarily get to like the final bosses but i played a very good amount and really enjoyed it i want to say that's exactly what the author did Mm. (laughs) burn sick burn okay Well, since we're uh, trying to do some shots fired, let me go ahead and open up with uh, the top shelf pairing for this week. I decided to go ahead and drink this podcast with Screwball. It has this really cute little saying on it, which I guess cute little is maybe not with the theme, but I like the saying, to the misfits, black sheep and screwballs, which feels very apropos. Screwball is a whiskey, right? It is a whiskey, yes, which also felt very appropriate. I also chose a whiskey. I chose Fireball whiskey, <laughs> largely because I find it very confusing. <laughs> it says whiskey, and then it tastes like candy. And you're like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess, weird tastes or, you know, confusing drinks, Screwball, I might not have mentioned, is a uh, peanut butter flavored whiskey. Say what? 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 Yep. Yep. It's It's peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> like, like it tastes like peanut butter ish. You know, it's trying really hard. <laughs> when you open it up, it for sure smells like peanut butter. You definitely get That's some peanut butter with, but the taste is much more maple syrupy, candy, very, very, very sweet. Oh wow. Okay. Well, then we basically pick the same thing because Fireball is super sweet too. Yeah, it tastes like I, Fireball candy. I would say they're both kind of confusing drinks. And I mean, I think the book is kind of sweet. But very confusing. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now you all know what we think of the book. So, just <laughs> let's just get the podcast. We're done. Peace out. <laughs> We're done here. Yeah. Hey, how was your weekend? Uh, you it's, it's been good. I've been editing up a storm. Yeah. And continue to be sequestered. Is that the word? Sure. Yeah. We can go with sequestered. Yeah. <laughs> Staying at home. Sheltering in place. Yeah, our area is uh, loosening up our sheltering in place in that you're allowed to go to outdoor restaurants now. And they still want you to shelter in place as much as possible, but they do have like more businesses are open than previously. And we're in one of the harder, like more hardcore lockdown areas. 
Bay Area is really crunching down. So you're yeah. gonna go get, your, gonna... get yourself a haircut. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. Also, my haircut person is a friend of mine, and she just comes to my house and does it. So she's not allowed in my house yet. I guess I could have one outdoors. Oh yeah, we're allowed to have another family, one one other household come. We're allowed to hang out with them outdoors. As long as we socially distance and have masks on. So that's pretty cool. Like, I think it means I could have a friend over for a barbecue if I wanted, which would be awesome. Yeah. But I'm also a bit of a hermit. So maybe I'll just stay inside forever. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into this book. Let's do it. Do you want to give us the opening line of the book? Sure. The town was in flames. Dun, dun, dun. It's an interesting call for the author to start up the book with a dream sequence or in this case a nightmare yeah for sure i think it's i think it's apropos of this book though because a a big factor in this book is that her is her dreams like one of her i guess powers she's by the way magical uh her name's siri she's one of the main characters and uh she definitely gets dream sequences that are either prophetic or historical in nature yeah you know her experiences she's had which are often traumatic yeah or are about to have i think because they some of them are projected forward and then you're like oh that does not sound fun yeah so just a quick recap of the book for those of you who maybe it's been a while since you had a listen this is kind of a series of short stories sort of theoretically it is the first novel of the witcher saga and it follows several different characters going through all of their viewpoints throughout the book we have lots of fun folks like Geralt of rivia the main witcher that if you're familiar with the series at all you're probably familiar with him we've got a pair of sorceresses tris and yennefer of venneberg we've got siri the kind of really cool character that is the best thing ever the lost princess yeah she she's awesome she's like the best possible D character because she's simultaneously a princess a sorceress and a witcher i have now read this book though and i'm not completely sure what a witcher is but they fight i got that and they're fast so that's that's what I know now. Yeah, she's giving off some really cool... Gosh, what was that show? Princess Xena? Oh, yeah, Xena. Don't forget about Dandelion. He's pretty awesome. Uh, yes, Dandelion is so silly and sassy and fun. He's our, our good, good bard character, which, you know, if you're going to have a book with lots of serious things, it's nice to toss a bard in there. Yeah, for sure. There isn't necessarily one overall story arc per se to this book, because as we mentioned, it's it's a little bit a series of short stories. Short stories that never get finished. Yeah, yeah. There's something you should know. Morgan has played the game. Morgan has watched the television show. Morgan is down with this universe. I'm coming to this for you all fresh and new, like a little baby, who has not experienced the Witcher world at all, except people screaming, oh my god, Witcher show is awesome, go watch it. And I'm like, why? And everyone's like, oh, the costumes are amazing. And I'm like, are they though? Yeah, no. Anyway, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of short stories in here, but none of them actually ever get finished to the point of like, questionability like I don't even know what's going on half the time because you you will end halfway through a story that you were really into and then just start another one and you know books do that that's a thing a lot of times where you get a chapter and it's like from somebody's perspective and then you get another chapter from a different person's perspective and you know eventually you'll get through them all and then you roll back to the first one and you find out oh okay we're gonna continue on no no there's none of that (laughs) 
<laughs> Even as someone who is familiar with this series or familiar with these characters, with this world, I still found this maybe a little bit uh, hard to follow because of the, the jumping and because they kind of just didn't finish out any one story in this book. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's a very interesting and well-written book, and I, I did enjoy big swaths of it. There were there were things about this book that I thought were amazing. But the thing that overarchingly that I would say is that this is not a book. This is exposition for a book. I, I kind of feel like this book should have been one part of a big book. And I'm sure like that's what they meant by the saga. But like in most sagas, you read the first book, like you read um like what, Lord of the Rings? That first book. Yeah, or any trilogy. Yeah, actually. yeah. You read that first book, you know that this is a long thing, you know you're in it for all three books, whatever. But you get a complete story in that first book and you get some setup for the next book and all that stuff. But you, you definitely feel some closure. Yeah, there was none of that in this. This was all exposition. So it's not really a book per se. It's just some parts of stories. Which is a, a very fair criticism. And I think a lot of folks would disagree with you. I actually kind of spent some time trying to figure out what was going on here. And I realized maybe a little bit too late because we were already partway through the book and <laughs> a little bit committed to it. But I realized what happened here is that the author originally wrote the this universe or this world as a series of short novels they were submitted to a like polish fantasy magazine in the 80s they were having like a big competition for stories oh wow and he submitted these stories they did pretty well they got more and more popular so he kept kind of uh, submitting short stories for the magazine eventually those did get smooshed together and published into a book but that's not this one so it's a very confusing thing where this book is as far as everything on the internet and Audible when you are searching for books to read. Considers this the first book of the series, the first full-length novel. But it's very clear that this author, his strong point was short stories. And that's what this book feels like, a series of short stories. It makes sense that there's a whole bunch of stuff before this, because which I didn't know about, because... The whole time I was reading this, I felt like, you know, when you're reading um, the second book in a series and they refer back to something that happened and then they like vaguely glance over it. Harry Potter is a wizard who is now attending Hogwarts. <laughs> You've now caught up with the whole first book kind of thing where it's just like a flyby of it. But you know that there's a whole bunch there that you're missing. I felt like that through the whole book. Like I felt like I was missing some backstory on some very important like I don't know what a witcher is and I feel like I should know that given that I'm re reading the witcher saga I also know that he has a relationship they spend like five hours talking about a relationship with this girl Jennifer and um I don't I know that there's a backstory between them but they're, they're not really talking about it at all and I'm like why I mean they do later on in the book introduce her actually into the story instead of just talking about her so you do get to like meet her and hang out with her and stuff but but still no real details on what happened before and if you came into this book not knowing that there was previous material you would be like uh what it feels a bit like getting just dropped into the middle of someone's life it's it's an interesting perspective to have on this series because a uh, to be honest, I'm I'm a little bit frustrated that so many resources list this as the first book. Yeah. But then if you dig a bit deeper, you will see recommendations saying, yeah, that one's technically first, but you should read this other one, The Last Wish, first. 
Mm, and that okay. that I should not have to, after finding a book that says it's the first of a saga, go research to check whether it's actually the first. It yeah, it should just be the first. It should just yeah. be the first. I agree with you. For okay, sure. well, enough harping. Anyway, <laughs> enough harping on that. Instead, let's focus on some of the fun stuff. Yennefer. She's awesome. Did you enjoy seeing her in the book? Oh, yeah. When she first shows up, I definitely don't like her already. I've been focused on Triss, who's another enchantress earlier on in the book. And I was sort of on team Triss for a really long time. And, and it just everybody here is interested in, in Geralt. Like they all seem to have some sort of very intense fascination with him. So I was on team Triss because that's the character I had met. And that's the one that they set you up in this book to have your affiliation with. And then and then you meet the mythical Yennefer, who everyone's been talking about this entire time. And you, do, you initially don't like her. And then you go, you meet her for like five minutes and you're like, oh, yeah, I get why he likes her. <laughs> She's sassy. They kind of set her up with bitch vibes. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. bitch vibes. Absolutely standoffish. And like our other female character, Siri, young girl, is interacting with her and doesn't like her because she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. But you you get to know her a bit and see that she's wise and just doesn't put up with shit. Yeah. And uh, Siri is is 13 when she meets Yennefer. And she is very realistic in how she's, she's getting trained by Yennefer in order to be an enchantress. She gives out the 13-year-old vibes of, I don't know why this is going on. Why do I have to do this? What does this have to do with anything? I don't want to do this. I just want to do that. And like your normal montage sequence of a spellcaster training is nose to the grindstone. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But that's not what's happening here at all. She's she's basically being a teenager and she's questioning Yennefer to the, the hilt. And Yennefer just shuts her down and it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, go. That that part of it I really liked. I, I thought she was a cool character. I am kind of like wondering what happened to Triss though. Like, okay, so you get in this book and you read about what, seven hours of time with Triss. You have a little bit of Dendillion stuff and then you immediately are with Triss and you enter into the Witcher stronghold where they're training and she picks up Ciri and then they go on this this long trail ride with a bunch of, what are they, gnomes? Dwarves. Dwarves, yeah. So they go on this trail ride with a bunch of dwarves and the dwarves are, are packing heat and also some contraband. And the entire time Triss has... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. She's got the poops. Like, they graphically talk about her having stomach issues. They, like, run her into the forest. Like, they're talking about poops for, like, an hour, dude. Like, seriously, an hour. And then, biggity-bam, story stops, and they go to the future, some indeterminate amount of time, which I, I think is probably months, not years or anything like that. Yeah. But Siri is now at school. They have dropped her off. But I'm, I am I need to know, <laughs> like, is Triss okay? Because they don't really mention her every, any, anymore. You don't hear about, like, is she, like, cause she was sick. She was really sick. And, you know, back then, yeah, that could be fatal. And she can't, she can't have magic healing, right? Like, that's her thing. She's, she's allergic to it. So yeah. she can't be healed that way. Oh, my gosh. So you don't know if she's okay or not. And they spend an hour talking about her having the poops. So you're just like, I need to know if her poops are okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure she's probably fine for what that's worth. Probably. But I need closure. I need poop closure. All right. Well, I will go ahead and submit a, a an email. To the author? No, I should write him a letter. <laughs> that feels way more appropriate for for this sort of story, you know. Yield. A, hard, a hard letter sent to yeah. Poland. Yeah, yeah. No, handwritten, very fancy. He'll right. translate it. It'll be great. 
All right, cool. I need to know. Just say your friend needs closure. I need to know. Is she okay? <laughs> important. Yeah. Except not important enough to read the next book. No. Tell me now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, ooh. so Triss's problem with using medical or in this world, magical, which is oddly kind of mixed. I thought it was really cool because it, it very much gave me allergic to penicillin vibes. Yeah. She can't take potions, right? Is that right? Or no, she can only take potions. She's allergic to the magic part. Is that correct? Oh, it's one way or the other. Of course, we're going to get it wrong, whichever one we say. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Let's just one move of, forward. It's fine. <laughs> she, she, can have, she can have one form of magic, but not the other. And I think, I think she can have potions, but not have magic. She's allergic to it. Maybe. And I think that but it, I did like the interestingly almost medical way that they kind of approach magic repeatedly in the story. Like yeah. there's, there's something almost um, a little bit scientific about the way that they'll reference it. Like I remember there was something with Yennefer talking about how adrenaline affecting things and talking about it not as adrenaline in the way that we might use it, like, oh, it gets the blood rushing. But like, no, she literally meant physically your adrenaline starts running. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really like that almost scientific magic approach. Yeah. I mean, I'm, science is magic until it's science, right? Like something everything. Like that. <laughs> yeah, every, everything, you know, 200 years ago was magic. And now we're like, oh, no, it's just penicillin. Yeah, when you ate that moldy bread, you got better. Isn't that weird? <laughs> uh, I love medical history. Like I, I read books and listen to podcasts about medical history because it's, it's just so fun. It's fascinating to find out like how people like accidentally stumble upon, oh, my God, I just found the cure for blah, 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 because I ate these berries and then I felt better. Weird. So in this world, you keep asking about like, what are witchers? One of the things that kind of defines a witcher and is why Siri is not yet a witcher is because they take a sort of herb that they stumbled upon or more specifically a combination of herbs that are then like infused with magic or something. And so it's not just all the training that they do. That's a component. But yeah. they also take these herbs that um, I think they call them mutagens, mutagenics, something like that. Yeah, they said that she she got all the the quote unquote natural stuff, like the herbs, but she didn't get whatever the the weird potions are that get mixed together in order to make her do the change. Because it is a ch I think they said she dies, right? Like it's it's definitely for sure a very physical transformation that your yeah. body undergoes, and from from what I understand of like what I very vaguely remember <laughs> of the video game is that it's, you know, the the training for years and years and years until you're like a teen-ish or starting to be a teen. So I feel like she's at the right age where they, if they were interested in doing this thing, they would undergo this kind of like final mutagen ingestion ritual, whatever it is. They don't even know what it is anymore because they lost like the knowledge. Yeah, they don't have the instructions. They like they have the formula to make the stuff, but they don't know why or what it like what it does exactly anymore, which is weird. Yeah, because I think they had like a a wizard or even several you know, magical people who were the ones that were doing the mixing and the infusing and the the making the kind of final product. And now they have all the ingredients, but. Yeah, it was interesting, like when Triss gets there, she's hype because she thinks like she's going to learn that that mix mm. so she can break it down and try to figure out what what it's doing and stuff like that. And then they're like, no, no, you're not going to learn that. We're just going to have you babysit know. this girl. So 
can you tell her about having her period? Because that's really why we need you to be here. <laughs> this book is so weird. Like, there's so much stuff that, like, you would never see come up in an American novel. Like, I kind of wonder why, like, if the the unusual cadence of it and et cetera, et cetera, are, are hitting us especially weird or specifically me weird because I am an American who's used to reading American books and I'm reading a Polish book, which is an entirely different experience because like they talk about stuff that would never get talked about in an American novel. Like you would never call a sorceress to come talk to another sorceress about getting her period. And they talk about like, when is the right time to have sex? And they talk about poops and they talk about like all this stuff that you're just like, wow, that would never go down in an urban fantasy or sci-fi novel that that happens or high fantasy or whatever that happens here in America. It's very, it was really interesting. But yeah, like if you, um, if you watch like Italian movies, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any, they, they definitely have a, a different tone than American movies. Like they frequently just a whole bunch of bad stuff will happen and then they'll just end the movie. Like they don't have happy endings. What? Frequently. Some, yeah. Sometimes they just have like, I mean, if you look at a, movies in America, we basically always have happy endings unless we're going to have like another book, right. Or another, another movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. And you're a lot of European books and, and uh, I've read a few from South America. They don't necessarily have that. And I think maybe, the Polishness is coming out and, and hitting this American wall and going, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> but really, maybe this is a completely normal way to write a book, you know? Maybe, although I've got to say, at least when it comes to movies, and you know what? Probably books. I'm going to take books too. I like I like happy endings. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe I it's just because I'm used to them. And as you said, I'm, maybe it's just a, a an element of not being used to the way a certain story can be told. But this this book is very weird on the whole beginning, middle, conclusion vibe. It's mm. And then it doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I agree. Goodness gracious. <laughs> it's it's i I, you know it's not something i'm I'm like saying don't read this book peeps i'm just saying like be warned you're not gonna get out of it what you what you think you're gonna get out of a book it's not gonna wrap everything up in a little bow and hand it to you with a with an intro of any kind or an ending of any kind (laughs) like you're just not gonna get those things so just just you know eyes open nope not at all oh goodness yeah I'm just I'm thinking, thinking back. Uh, so for what it's worth, for those of you who have uh, watched the show but have not played any of the video games, this story takes place slightly after the show. So what? it is. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, I thought the show was based on these books. Well, it is. It's based on these this universe and all of these stories. But remember how I said that uh, there were a series of short stories before this, yeah, and that spawned this novel. Oh. Chronologically, those a lot of those short stories take place before this, and and the TV show is based on those short stories. What about the yes. what about the video game? The video game is a little bit later, ish. It's oh, it's so weird to explain, because for example. <laughs> One of the very first quests that you'll do in the game, or at least one of the first ones that really I remember later on, because it's this really strange, um, like an unborn child ends up like becoming this sort of ghost monster. It's wow, just wow, yeah, it's a lot. But you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it, going, yeah, that that works. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this thing that he has to like this mission or or quest or whatever that he has to take care of, it totally happens in The Witcher Three. But I also want to say I was looking up some stuff and found that it's in like the first book or the first uh the stupid word first book versus <laughs> series of stories, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's in one of the first short stories as well. So chronologically, the video game is both a lot of elements that are much later than than the story we read, but also clearly there's some parts that are before. It's time is very flexible in this yeah. Uh, series. Yeah, this is a this is a really interesting book to try to do a podcast about because we're like. Yep, we both read that. We both understood the words that were being used <laughs> to convey the story to us. And we have no idea how to explain this to you people. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like trying to describe, you know, a painting, an abstract painting even. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a good that's a, a good analogy. It's really hard to find the words to describe everything. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> well, what's a some of my usual questions I like to ask are things like, is there any place in this book that you'd like to visit? Some place you'd like to come, come hang out, take pictures? No, no, question mark. Uh, it, not, <laughs> like the, the settings aren't really that well described in the book. Uh, they go a lot more into personal relationships and the like mechanics of how specific exact things work, uh, which is excellent and i actually really like that but they the settings are all very vague i'm like should i say the forest where tris pooped no <laughs> okay um, <laughs> yeah what about you part of me is kind of curious to see what uh like the pendulum and the what, what were they the the post or something the various like training oh, yeah. equipment that mm -hmm. siri was was kind of working out on uh that she's been getting her her physical skill points up in <laughs> yeah but that castle seems really uncomfortable like i that'd be fine for a day trip but i don't want to stay there like like those beds seemed really hard yeah there's this whole big deal about tris getting the best bed of the castle yeah so i as a day trip sure but i need like a tour bus and that's fair i would take a tour bus to the the witcher stronghold sure yeah yeah although don't they <laughs> isn't the path to the witcher stronghold like certain death for anyone who doesn't know how to run it that's why i need a tour bus right right okay because clearly they will know the trails and know how to get there safely. Otherwise, right. it's a bad tour and it'll have really poor ratings on Yelp. <laughs> yeah. <you'll go. laughs> okay. If you were going to hang out with a character in this, either for uh, maybe a short tea or just hang out for a day, any thoughts on who you'd like to hang out with? Yeah, Dandelion for sure. We haven't talked very much about him, but he's a bard and he's also dun 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 a spy. Dun dun dun. That is a really great answer, actually. <laughs> I was thinking about like actively thinking about this earlier because it's it's something I like to ask. And you know, I was sitting here thinking, well, Siri is kind of fun to read about because warrior princess, but she's like 12, 13. I don't know. I'm good. And sassy. Yeah. And Yennefer is cool and kind of sassy wise, but yeah, a little bit of a bitch. And I don't, I don't think that she'd be very nice to me. But that, but that letter she wrote him though. Oh like, my God. Yeah. The letter. Okay. Oh, okay. We need to, yeah, we need to divert to this. Yeah. So what, what was it? Geralt wrote her a letter and used like yeah. signed off with like your friend Geralt. And by the way, they've had a, a like torrid love affair in the past. Well, okay, that's actually just me supposing that based on like 
hints. There was no actual physical documented evidence of them having a torrid love affair in this book. But I that's what I assume from all the stuff that I keep thinking, like, God, I wish I had a another book or something to read before this um, because that's like one of the things they talk about a lot so so yeah they have a lot of history and I think him signing off he's he agonized over that about yeah he was like you know after much thought and contemplation you know I wasn't sure what to say but finally I just you know went with kind of a polite your friend Geralt and he gets a letter back with the absolute biggest pan full of sass sassy pants oh my gosh like she's like hello dear friend since we're such good friends i would like to give you some friendly advice (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like wow she got that memo and she handed it right back to him excellent oh my gosh just covered up with like red x's and like correction marks for grammar like that's (laughs) kind of the equivalent of what she put back to him oh my god so good it was so good but to be fair, one of her complaints in the letter was like, hey, we thought you died three years ago. And this is the first time that you've gotten back to me. Right. He's not a man of many words. Yeah, that's that's one of my beefs is like this book is called The Witcher Saga. And you don't really The Witcher doesn't talk. <laughs> the Witcher is like maybe 40 lines in the entire book. And maybe like and that's including things like yes. And then silence. So. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny that you mentioned that. Okay, I I feel like I need to live cast you watching the series because <laughs> there's literal memes of him just saying, hmm. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> his character just, just does not talk. He's got nothing he's to say. He's a big, strong hero type that's there to kick ass, but I mean, not say a lot. If he's undead, then maybe he doesn't have a lot to say. I mean, it's better than like Gerarg, you know, brains, brains. <laughs> so I don't think he's the, like quite that type of undead. They say quite. he dies. That's like part of becoming a witcher, no? Eh, I think it's more the same way that someone whose heart stops and then they get resuscitated. Oh, that's unquote, so much dies. less interesting. I'm definitely not reading the second book now. I was hoping for some <laughs> zombies. Oh. Much in the way that they use kind of multiple sort of medical-esque elements in the story, I think that their they died is very much in that vein. Okay. Uh, That's very disappointing. I'm I'm sad now. (laughs) Well, don't worry. You don't have to read the book. Just watch the show. It's fine. Yeah, okay. Except the show isn't the same time as the book, so I don't get to find out the same information. Uh, Meh. Meh. It's fine. All right. Ooh, I have a quick little fun fact. Okay. In 2011, Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk gave President Obama uh, some diplomatic presidents, which apparently is a thing that countries do with each other. Yep. Like they just give each other diplomatic presents. Yep. I want some diplomatic presents. We have one from- in San Jose. It's money. It's a giant circle with another circle cut out of the middle. It's made out of stone and it's money in some other country. And oh. it's massive. I have a picture of me pulling my husband through the center of it as our one of our wedding photos. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that was a diplomatic president. Yeah, yeah, it was a gift to the the state of California or whatever. That feels very hard to carry back. Yeah, right. It's not going to fit in your pocket. It's like oh, but I guess Statue of Liberty was also kind of a yeah, like political president. Yes, absolutely. And that was real hard to carry back. Yeah, we're not going to give that back. We're going to keep that. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, so uh, Barack Obama was given a a copy of The Last Wish, which is the sort of first book. But it's actually a series of short stories 
and it's not listed as the first book. Mm. So if he Anyways, reads that and then reads this book, he'll have more background. Yes. Okay. He will be better prepared for this book than we were. Okay. It'll be great. Witcher book zero. Got it. Yeah. You know, that is kind of what it is. Excellent. But I thought it was it was fun to hear that a country's, I'm not going to say defining literature because that's not the right term, but something that's very culturally significant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, enough that they wanted to give a signed copy to another like diplomat like that. That's cool. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would take a t- copy of Lord of the Rings or something. So, yeah, this seems good. What would America give as a like diplomatic cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> like some cholesterol and heart failure? Like, I don't know. <laughs> My uh, favorite book. Yeah. Oh, you mean books. Okay. Um, <laughs> probably like S- Stephen King or Robert oh, okay. Pattison, maybe. Those right. those are very popular, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I don't think giving another country a horror novel would probably be a great idea, but you know, whatever. Shall we move on to the the question answer rating section of this podcast? Yes, but really quick, I do want to do some of our title lines. So the title of this book actually appears an absurd amount of times. So many times. Specifically, you'll see Princess Siri of Sintra with the blood of elves <laughs> like they just they constantly yeah. want to tell you that siri has got all this elf blood yeah. in her line yeah i mean this book is it's called the witcher saga but it's actually about siri it is so. i mean she's kind of the coolest character girl has his moments but she's warrior princess yeah well it's about like her her training and her delivery to a new training facility and then some more training and her learning about how the world works so you're basically learning everything through her anyway which I'm down for. Honestly, I feel like this whole book could have been remove all the other scenes that don't have Siri. Just give me straight Siri. I oh, I disagree. I think the Dandelion scenes and the scenes like on the barge and stuff are actually super important to know like what's going on in the greater world. <sighs> and like when you hear like, oh, the thing that pissed me off in this book was the politicians having the discussion about if they were going to take her out or not because they know she's alive. Dun, dun, Ooh, dun. I was like what what how what and we got to be privy to that conversation which i was just like what's going on oh they're politicians what are they talking about (laughs) well i guess to be fair a lot of those conversations like the dandelion and the politician conversation they are about siri yeah yeah, so i guess those can stay i i will allow them to stay oh by the grace of morgan you are allowed to stay (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go ahead and get on to those uh those questions all right. If you had to give this a rating, what rating would you give it? Oh, that's so hard. That's really, really, really hard. You okay. give it from you know, give it from your perspective, and then I'll give mine from my perspective because we have two different perspectives. That is fair. Okay. So, as someone who has played the video game, who has watched the TV show, and therefore is already familiar with this, these characters, this universe, this book was a fun glimpse into a little bit of scenes and backstory to characters that I had not seen portrayed otherwise. So, therefore, I would give this like, I guess, a four as a kind of a Whoa. fun, as a fun four. backstory. As long as you know what you're getting into. Yeah, okay. I think it could go for four. The scenes were really fun. Like, yeah, that's true. I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, it's your rating. You can give it whatever you want. Uh, weirdly, I have recognized that uh, I have a harsher criticism of most books, but I also give it a higher rating than you do normally, which is really weird. I, I'm more harsh, but I'm also more generous. 
So my rating as a uninitiated Witcher participant is like a one. I was disgusted with this book for the most part. <laughs> like I read it, I like, was like halfway through and I had to stop for like a week because I couldn't handle it for a little while because I was just so annoyed with it. The like jumping around, the not finishing stuff, like the short story format with no conclusion to any story. Like you don't even get like a decent scene break where you expect the film wipe to go across and then a new scene to start. You don't get that. It's like mid poop. Then you, <laughs> you know, so I would give this one poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah uh, as opposed I, to my like four witchers right and i yeah it was no good i was like nah i didn't like it <laughs> yeah so no and okay. to be honest i feel like that's completely and utterly fair if yeah. i think if this was my one and only exposure to this world i would have absolutely rated it one as well it's not a great start to the series despite the fact that audible and various other resources listed as the first book of the witcher saga what is the rating on audible i wonder what people give it and I wonder if they give it from that perspective. That's interesting. I'll go look that up. Okay. Is this book worth a reread? Uh, <laughs> it's a soft no. If I were to read the next part of this series, one, I wouldn't do it right now because I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But if I someday reread on to book two or three or whatever of this saga, I don't think I would need to give this one a reread you know the way you do sometimes when you're re-entering back into a series you're like okay let me let me reread book one two three whatever before showing yeah, that's about one. to come up about our next series oh it's yeah. super gonna come up but <laughs> i don't think that'd be necessary for this one really just you can just call me two. and i'll scream poops at you and you'll be like oh right okay oh yeah that <laughs> book that one i remember <laughs> it's, it's the poops book <laughs> i wonder how many times we should have a poop counter on this thing oh god um would you reread it yeah i would say uh no well okay wait let me just actually there is one scenario in which i would read it if i played the video games and i was into it and if i read the tv if i read the tv if i watched the tv <laughs> show and then decided you know what yeah i'm gonna do this and then i went back and reread the first the actual first book or whatever that thing is and then wanted to ram through the rest of them yeah i would i would do it because i'm a completionist and i can't help myself but currently, I have zero interest in reading these books. I, there's part of me that wants to read them because I spent 14 hours on exposition. And now I'm like, well, I, I need a payoff at this point. Like, I need to know where this saga goes. The payoff's going to be the show. But, Just watch the show. It's fine. Yeah, okay. But like, also, I'm spiteful and I don't want to give this guy money because I think his book was crap. So I don't want to read the rest of them. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is totally fair. I feel like... Yeah. I kind of wish that the outcome of me listening to this book was, oh, you know what? Now that we've realized that this is maybe not the best first book, and instead, apparently, A Last Wish is the recommended first book, well, maybe I should go read that. I don't want to. I'm Yeah, me neither. I'm not in the mood. Yeah, see, me neither. <laughs> I guess mostly because I'm like, are you going to spend that book talking about weird stuff for like an hour and a half every time? Okay. So would you recommend this to a friend? Oh. <sighs> I'm going to have to cut out so many long silences of me sighing. You should just leave them. Like, that's a good <laughs> end this conversation. I, I, no. Like, just go, go play the video game and watch the movies. Honestly, you could skip the books entirely. So there is one scenario in which I would refer to, see, I'm harsher, but I'm also like got a softer soul. Um, so I would recommend it to a person who 
had read the books no sorry had watched the tv show had played the video game and was like me and was a world seeker like i seek out worlds like when when i read a series of books and i'm into it i will read every side story i will read that weird newsletter that they send you at christmas with the like seven paragraph short story i will read anything that comes out about that world so that i can build the world more completely in my head so if I had a friend who was into the TV show and into the video games and they were asking me about this book and they were a world builder like I am, I would say, yeah, yeah, read that. But that is the one and only scenario in which I would recommend this. And I would that would come with like, why don't you go listen to this podcast and it'll tell you what I think about it. And then you can decide if you want to read it. Kind of a, a caveat. That's fair, I suppose. I guess I'm feeling not very generous right now. And I'm like, nope, give me something <laughs> light and fluffy with a proper middle beginning end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too. All right. The question, if there were other books in this series, would you want to read them? I think we've answered oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I did answer that. Right now, no. I'm not feeling very generous. I'm feeling kind of meh. Yeah. I'm going to see how I feel after I watch the TV show. That's fair. And then then I'll, I'll figure out if I want to read them or not. But The TV show is what kind of inspired me to want to read this part of it was because mm. i saw it was on like the audible bestsellers list and i was like oh that yeah i've watched the show that sounds great it sounds fun i don't necessarily like that i did that yeah it was kind of a waste of time <laughs> it's weird that like i rated it a four and yet i'm kind of like meh yeah it's weird okay i don't i don't know how to explain these things to people either Okay, are you ready for the speed round? I am ready for the speed round. For those of you who are new to this podcast, I ask Morgan five questions and she answers them as quickly as she can in order to tell you a little bit more about this book. If this book were a work of art, what work of art would it be? Fucking Picasso. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, if this book were an animal, what animal would it be? Ooh, a giraffe. Interesting, Ooh, but kind of awkward. I love giraffes. All right. If this book were a candy bar, what candy bar would it be? Oh, Heath, because I don't like them. Oh, really? Mm, really. Oh, I feel wounded in my soul. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you could change anything about this book, what would it be? One thing. 100% Siri. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like I already mentioned this. I have been very firm on my Siri stance. Give me all the Siri. You would change her, though. No, no, no. Uh, what, you asked what I would change about the book. Oh, I would okay. want it to oh, be 100% Siri. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Or scenes about her that relate to her. Sure, 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 sure. That's fine. But like... Yeah, I thought you meant 100% you would change Siri. And I was like, but you just said you liked her. What? Okay. <laughs> I got it. All right. <laughs> Three words that describe this book. Witcher? Uh, I'm so bad at this one. Um... I ask it every time. It's like you're not prepared. I can't figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned my secret. I'm never prepared. Yeah. Um, uh, magic storytelling. Okay. That's an awkward one to say here because I don't think we really talked about it. But they do actually include a lot of like Grimm's fairy tales-esque stories yep. in the yep. book and a little bit in the show. Or excuse me, in the the video game in the show and i i get my impressions that that's a thing that this whole world this whole series is meant to be almost in the same universe as a lot of kind of storybook stories yeah for sure cinderella and snow white and so on this is a lesson learning book i feel like yeah all of those grimm's fairy tales are designed to teach you a lesson like don't go walking in the woods by yourself you know don't 
whatever, you know? Yeah, so, I can totally see that. Yeah. By the way, have you ever read The Little Mermaid, the real one? It's if dark. I have, it would have been when I was really young. It's really dark. I, I, I peeped into that the other day and I was like, oh, I need to peep right back out of here. All right. Well, I feel like everyone understands our general conclusions on these books. And especially <laughs> like, my standpoint on this sucks. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. I don't want you to have to hear. This. We're going to get so much hate mail. By the way, our uh, Instagram is ladies who genre, all one word. If you'd like to come and harass me about my thoughts on The Witcher. Come at me, bro. Come at me. What are we reading next, Morgan? Ooh, okay. I am legit so excited. So, the fantastic, fantastic Dresden Files. We're reading the first book, and it's an actual first book, like for real. I'm it's not so a lie. Excited. It's not I'm shenanigans. So <laughs> the actual first book of the Dresden Files, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. So I have a couple of things to say about this one. It is my second favorite book series of all time, which is right after Harry Potter. This will be also be the 10th time that I'm reading this book through. There are two books coming out this year, one in July and one in September to be book 16 and 17 of the series. And so I'm planning on reading the entire series again, although I frankly read this series about once a year. I'm a little obsessed with Dresden Files. <laughs> it's been several years since I've given Dresden a reread. You know, actually, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that I've ever reread this series. So I think it'll be really nice Ooh. to go back to it because I've it's been a while, but I have fond memories of of reading this series so far. So I think it'll be really, really nice to go on back, reread the whole series, although I don't think that we're going to quite podcast the whole series just, just the first book no I think. maybe maybe the new yeah. ones as well we'll see yeah the it's it's a lot of books i i was actually at one point trying to get morgan to just do the podcast on the dresden file series but we decided that we would like a variety of books to read so if anybody wants that though leave a note for morgan <laughs> talk to us on our instagram <laughs> yeah speaking of i have uh, some homework for all y'all the first thing I would like you to do is rate this book on your purchase platform. If you did read it, go give it a rating. It helps out the author. Maybe I shouldn't rate it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and follow us on Instagram at ladies who genre. So I told you a story, a tale we've both heard. This is the epilogue. Did you find your